Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 2nd of April coming up. Shocking figures reveal the scale of dog fighting in Kent. This is something that happens very much underground and it's really, really difficult for us to investigate. Just how safe is the new contraflow system on the M20? The dangers and the risks of Operation Brock are incredible. I wouldn't want to be driving on that road. And fears children's lives are being put at risk by fake news about vaccinations. It's putting children in harm's way. The information that's given out often is completely misleading about the vaccines. It ignores the risks of the diseases. Kent Online News. Now, despite it being illegal for almost 200 years, there have been 230 reports of dog fighting in Kent since 2015. Figures show the RSPCA received 45 calls about it happening in the county last year and 60 over the previous 12 months. The stats also reveal Kent is the seventh worst area for dog fighting in the whole of England and Wales. Nicola's been finding out more from Amy Ockleford, who's from the Animal Welfare Organisation. When we had a look at um, the stats and tried to look at where the areas um, seemed to be the worst for the number of dogfighting reports, um, Kent unfortunately was one of the places which um, which featured in our top 10 list of hotspots. And in fact, over the last four years, there's been 230 reports of dogfighting incidents in Kent alone. Now, for something that's been illegal for almost 200 years, this is really, really shocking. Um, dogfighting is a extremely cruel, very barbaric, violent, blood sport um so to think about the fact that there could have perhaps been this many incidents in kent in the last four years is really really worrying so when we say about reports of it this is just people phoning your hotline saying they've got concerns is that right how does it work yes so um the number of reports we receive are the number of reports made to our emergency cruelty line that's our 24-hour line which is open all throughout the year um and generally you know we receive all sorts of reports to this phone line whether it's an injured fox by the side of the road or someone reporting their neighbor for neglecting their dog um but we also receive more serious reports of organized animal cruelty to this hotline and that includes things like animal fighting puppy farming wildlife crimes so um it appears that over the last four years um more than 200 people have actually picked up the phone to our cruelty line to report concerns that dog fighting could be happening near where they are and how difficult is it for you guys to then investigate because presumably this is all done pretty underground i mean it's not something that people want to boast about being involved in Dogfighting's um, an extremely closed community and um, this is something that happens very much underground and it's really, really difficult for us to investigate. Um, we know that um, the people high up in dogfighting are organised criminals. Um, they are not the sort of people that are going to post a video of their best dog on Facebook. These are people who use burner phones to communicate or who will only discuss dogfights when they meet up in person. So it's really, really difficult for us to investigate. Um, we do have a special team at the RSPCA, our special operations unit. Um, And they are our team um, who take on the more serious organised animal crimes. Um, And they follow intelligence, they gather evidence, um, and they build a picture and try and infiltrate these gangs. Um, And we have had a number of um, successful prosecutions in recent years. But um, investigating dogfighting is very difficult. So we do rely on the public to be our eyes and ears. So we would ask people um, if they see anything suspicious in their area, if they see 
big groups of people meeting with dogs. They see any kind of evidence that a dog fight might have occurred. So perhaps um, splatters of blood somewhere um, or if they're just generally concerned about the health and welfare of dogs near them um, and want to report that to us, then we'd always urge them to get in touch with us. And you mentioned, obviously, how cruel this is to the animals. What sort of injuries can they end up with? So dogs who are used in dog fighting um, are trained extremely rigorously um, and they are pitted against each other um, in a fighting pit and are encouraged to inflict the worst injuries possible. Um, now, dogs can die in dog fights. Um, generally, the injuries that we tend to see in dogs that we've rescued from dog fighting rings, they have a lot of wounds to the face, to the ears, to the front legs and to the chest. And they'll often have sort of old scarring from old fights. Um, you know, these are really, really serious injuries and they are very usually not treated by veterinary treatment. So um, they're injuries that they're left to suffer with. Um, in the worst cases where you have dogs who lose in fights or who simply won't fight um, as well as their owners want them to, they may be abandoned or they could even be killed. So it's a really, really gruesome world um, and something that absolutely needs to be shut down completely. The data has been released ahead of an awareness day in America, which the RSPCA wants to be extended to the UK. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, footage showing a lorry driver's near miss on the M20 has raised fears about the safety of Operation Brock. That's the contraflow system which aims to keep traffic moving in the event of a no-deal Brexit. The new road layout was put in place last week and sees the coastbound stretch of the motorway between junctions 8 and 9 set aside for lorries to wait if there are delays crossing the channel. Other traffic's kept moving both ways on the London-bound side. But there are concerns the system isn't safe for drivers. Our political editor Paul Francis has been discussing this with Professor Richard Scase from the University of Kent and Lib Dem Kent County Councillor Rob Bird. Richard, Operation Stack or Operation Brock? Hmm. What do you think? Well, according to the government, of course, they've got the whole thing sorted and there'll be no problems. Do you remember a couple of what months back or in the uh, early winter how um, Manson Airport, they had 79 lorries and they said, well, this is all going to be fine a in, terms of, trial, in, in yeah. terms of a very scientific trial, in terms of no, no deal. But seriously, it's going to be an absolute disaster, I think, for all aspects uh, of the Kent economy. Uh, Kent is made up very much of very disparate communities. People commute from A to B, kids go to different schools, people work in one place and live in another. And, and these two major artillery roads that we have uh, are, are, are going to be chock-a-block. They're going to they're going to have huge knock-on effects for secondary roads and therefore the impact for, for the economy in terms of work, in terms of economic growth, I think is going to be ne next to disastrous. Uh, the, the argument is years. that this keeps traffic moving in a way which Operation Stack doesn't. Yes and no. Uh, no, because the, the dangers and the risks of Operation Brock uh, are incredible in terms of the traffic that's coming on each side, uh, coming to you. Uh, and I wouldn't want to be driving on that road. And but I suspect that's going to put a lot of people off. Let's bring Robin in here because I think he's got some. Well, I, I wrote there. to the uh, the head of Highways England in the autumn, expressing uh, serious concerns about the narrow lanes that would uh, arise from Operation Brock. Uh, my concerns were dismissed by Highways England. Then, the narrow lanes are not just dangerous but they also mean that it's very, very difficult for the uh, emergency services to recover from any, uh, any problem. And is there a practical change that you think could be done to overcome that issue of you know, the narrowness of the lanes? Oh, um, I appreciate you're not uh, yeah, <laughs> a professional expert. 
not a professional expert. Uh, I think we have to remember, of course, that we were promised uh, car parking in Kent or lorry parking in Kent uh, in the uh, aftermath of Operation Stack. Uh, and yeah, they seem to have forgotten about that. Well, it? Highways England found a site and then made a complete mess of uh, getting the uh, planning permission for that site. Uh, and now they've done nothing about it apart from Manston. Um, yes, we've done a test with 79 lorries. The, um, if Manston is fully utilised, there will be something like 300 lorries an hour heading from Manston down to Dover 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, I think that Rob's right to say the lessons haven't been learned from 2015. And, and, you know, even here in North Kent, at kind of the other end of the county, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, medical appointments or small businesses, so many aspects of life were impacted by that. And I'm not sure the lessons have been learned. And Rob raises a really important point about actually... The, the, the road safety elements, which are far worse with Brock than they were with Stack. Well, Highways England say the system is running safely and they're keeping it under review. Kent Online News. There are concerns fake news about vaccinations could be putting children in Kent at risk of serious illness. New figures show around 1,300 children in the county haven't had the MMR jab, which protects against measles, mumps and rubella. Strew GP Dr Julian Spinks says it can be very dangerous. If you look at measles, it's a very highly infectious disease. About one in 20 children will get pneumonia with it. About one in a thousand will die if they catch it. So it's it's a very, very dangerous disease. And even if you don't die from it, you can get permanent disability, things like epilepsy. My own grandmother was left deaf after an attack of measles. So it's something you don't want your child to have. And at the very least, it's a very unpleasant thing. I had measles as a child because it was before vaccination came in, and I still remember how ill I was. It's feared rumours on social media that the jabs aren't good for children, are causing parents not to get their little ones immunised. There are whole sites devoted to this. Interestingly, often selling very crank cures or alternatives to vaccination, none of which that have any truth that they work, so there's a commercial background to this. Um, but it means it's very easy to find anti-vaccination sites. Actually, in some respects, more e- easy to find that than actually ones which are pro-vaccine. Well, last week, the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, says he wants new legislation to force social media companies to ban posts which spread misleading messages about vaccinations. But Dr Julian Spinks says that might not be the best way forward. I must say I'd much rather persuade than actually push. Um, Yes, it's putting children in harm's way. The information that's given out often is completely misleading about the vaccines. Uh, It ignores the risks of the diseases. But I'm not certain that outlawing it will actually do what they want. It may actually reinforce the idea that there's some sort of conspiracy to suppress the truth about vaccines, when in reality, what we should be doing is actually emphasising how good they are, what a positive thing they do in, in life, and how they're saving lives. Kent Online reports. In other news today, a vehicle's crashed into a number of parked cars and a patrol car while trying to get away from police during a chase in Chatham. It happened on Castle Hill when the driver failed to stop for officers just before half ten last night. No one was seriously hurt. A 19-year-old man and 17-year-old girl have been arrested after police seized a knife and found Class B drugs. There are more problems at Ebbsfleet United as players say they're 
still waiting for their wages for March. They refused to warm up before Saturday's game against Wrexham, but then reached an agreement with the owner and went on to win 4-2. But it's claimed the money didn't come through last night as promised. The club's managing director says they'll pay it as soon as they get the funds. Police have stopped a driver who was caught going at 135 miles per hour on the M2 near Maidstone. Officers were on their way back to the station when they spotted the speeding motorist not far from Bluebell Hill last night. Earlier yesterday evening, they pulled over another person who was doing 123 miles per hour on the A2 at Bexley. And a Medway student had a bit of a scare after finding a venomous scorpion in her suitcase when she got back from holiday in South Africa. 20-year-old Megan Royal was unpacking at her student house in Gillingham when it jumped out and ran across her bed. It was picked up by the RSPCA and is now being looked after by experts. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.